0: Welcome back, Red Spotters. This is Red Spotlight Entertainment, the podcast that brings you all of the latest stories coming out of the world of movies. I'm your host, Alexis Soto, joined by Mr. David Francisco. He's back, and that you know what that means? We've got more recaps. We've got more Marvel recaps. That's right, our recap uh, TV segment series that we've been doing for many of the Marvel series for the past. Well, honestly, David, if you really want to uh, count it, we've been doing this for well over a year now. Mm-hmm. In fact, the thing is, we've been we've been recapping weekly shows. If I'm not mistaken, since the final week of May 2020, um, it all happened with Agents of Shield. Right? Uh, we did that for 13 week or 12 or 13 weeks. Then we moved on to Wandavision for nine weeks or eight weeks, however you want to count it, because sometimes mm-hmm. they double up the episodes. Uh, and then the Falcon Winter Soldier for six weeks. And then Loki for six more weeks. And Loki... God, when did that go off the year? Was it July? It was July, right? Sometime so. in... Ju- yeah, July. And and now we're here and it's Christmas time, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, look how quickly things go. We Yeah, What If happened, but that really wasn't a weekly show to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to dedicate these shows uh, or these recap series to shows that we feel are kind of worthy of having a weekly conversation of. And so, like, shows like What If or The Bad Batch um, didn't quite make the cut. Um, But we did discuss both of those in in a previous episode, I guess, season recaps. uh, Or, I guess, our feelings on both of those shows, if you want to go out and listen to that. But for the next four weeks now, uh, we are going to be covering Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner returns as Clint Barton, uh, teaming up with the amazing and talented the amazingly talented Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. This Disney Plus series, based off the Kate Bishop comic book series, because hey, this is her show, and the two episodes that we have here make that pretty fucking clear. Um, and so, yeah, this is an interesting turn here that we have. Two episodes uh, clearly. They want to get this show out of the way with before the Book of Boba Fett comes along. And uh of course everybody here on Red Spotlight is waiting on Bated Breath for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> for that <laughs> particular show. Um, so yeah, that's our show here on Red Spotlight number three hundred and fifty eight. You know, it's kind of an interesting um this, this is there's a lot to discuss, I feel, before we even get into this. Um, like the the episodes. Uh I would say, for me personally speaking, If there is a least favorite member of the Avengers roster, and I am talking about the original six, unfortunately, it may have always been, and I think the show even kind of knows that because it kind of pokes fun at that several times, Hmm. Hawkeye, um, Clint Barton, um, and that isn't necessarily, I think, anything against Jeremy Renner's uh, performance. The, the films never really gave him anything to do. and if 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 the character and I know the character has fans out there, what I always did appreciate about his presence was Jeremy Renner. He is a good actor, and he was able to, I think, have a charis- a charismatic persona that carried that um that character. Some of my favorite moments include his friendship with Nat. Mm-hmm. um also uh how that he had kind of a you know i think maybe his the biggest spotlight he had was on age of ultron um especially when he was able to like you know lift wanda out of uh i guess she was kind of cowering in terror and he he was able to like inspire her to be out and you know be an avenger as they say mm-hmm. uh so The fact that we now have a Disney Plus series based on, I guess, everybody's least favorite adventure, you know, we we tell the story a thousand times. When these shows were all announced, and I'm including the previous ones that we discussed, we all had very little expectations of what they would be because they all seemed like, oh, well, these are shows that we're going to give characters that we wouldn't unearth greenlit movies for, which to an extent, that was very much the case. And so here, for the longest time, until I guess Kate Bishop wasn't, like, we all knew Kate Bishop was going to be involved in the story, there wasn't much fanfare going on. But what did turn it around, though, for me, in terms of creating some actual excitement and hype, was that trailer that debuted back in September, I believe. Um, that very Christmassy themed the trailer, and I'm glad to say that based on the two episodes, um, uh, that trailer was very authentic to the story that was happening, not only in terms of like uh, I'm not, I'm meaning mainly in terms of tone, um, and the whole the fact that this is a Christmas show, um, mm-hmm. and the trailer wasn't lying lying about that. Um, and it felt like it was fun and kind of goofy, and I feel like. If we really dig down deep, that's really all comics are. I mean, not all, but that's a a lot of what comic books are, right? They're fun and they're goofy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get in this space where, especially in this day and age, that kind of seems to be frowned upon by a lot of the masses and the fans. And the MCU lately and lately has... Their shtick is to make fun of the things that are in their comics to kind of like, you know, laugh along with the audience that's laughing at them and kind of make it okay. And the worst offender of this was in that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer where, you know, they literally were making a joke out of Doc Ock's name. And I've never seen a joke like land so terribly when it comes to Marvel when I've seen reactions to that trailer no nobody laughed at that moment and i think the reasons for that are pretty clear and that is you know these things are allowed to be goofy and fun and sometimes like making fun of it i'm not sure that's uh the best approach and so the idea of this show leaning into that was kind of fun um so yeah that's kind of the opening salvo for it. You have any other additional thoughts mm-hmm. to add on to that? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> okay. So we come here at the first episode. And uh, oh, I guess we should talk about the, our initial impressions. I know it's yeah. been a while <laughs> since we've done this. Uh, my initial take is these episode, this episode, we'll talk about episode one. Uh, strong, uh, episode to start off this series. I recognize the fact that, you know, the plot is taking its time to really unfold. This is a TV show, guys, if you forgot about that. That happens in a lot of TV shows. Um, and I appreciate that, you know, a lot of the time was, uh, taken to build out. The character of Kate Bishop, her origin basically, and who she is to great success, I would add. Mm. And then also reintroducing Clint back into the story. Um, which I would say is the most important thing, but for a lot of people I guess they misconstrue that as like, oh, it's slow, the story's not happening, why aren't we getting to the point? Where's all the action? What what is this, Marvel? Come on. You already like bored us to death with the Eternals, they're talking and talking and talking. We want all the action. Of course I'm parroting the people who you know uh, yeah. you know project these critiques on I don't feel this way personally but it's like that's I think a long way of saying is was very pleased with the episode I do acknowledge the fact that sure you know because there's so much dialogue they I guess that can feel long but that's just what TV is really and so mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that was a big ding or really a ding at all on it I appreciate it and I think What is, uh, this does feel a lot more like the Netflix shows than it does the Disney Plus series, um, for a couple of reasons. It isn't dealing with, like, heightened abilities or taking place in other dimensions like Loki was or WandaVision, um, but it does feel like it's more grounded in a street level. We're also in New York. We're also dealing with like gangs. And so you almost kind of feel like it's reminiscent of um the days we were in Hell's Kitchen with Daredevil. Which, by the way, those days are quickly coming back if you haven't, if you, <laughs> you've been living under a rock. And I think uh, the show has been teasing that pretty clearly. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I like it. And um, I like a ground-level approach to the MCU. I like the different uh, levels that we're at. We can, we can go as big as Eternals. We can go as far away as Guardians um, or even Loki, but we can also bring it back down to a, a street level like we do have here with Kate Bishop and with Clint. Um, and I feel that the first episode made it really um, well to where I got into this story and I got into these characters and I want to see what happens to them. That's Uh, where I'm at.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I agree. (laughs) Um, No, this is a really good setup for both characters, especially for Kate Bishop. I mean, we'll get into it uh, in a bit. But, um, yeah, I'm just most... uh, What what I'm really liking about the story so far is just that... the story is actually just very simple, you know, with Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and one Wanda, well, of WandaVision specifically, like there was just this giant mystery going on the whole time. And that's what was grabbing you. This one, though, I like what they're what they're trying to do is first episode, setting it up next episode and the episodes after that. Obviously, it's just going to be this buildup of a relationship between the two. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully by the end, you kind of like you really hope that Hawkeye kind of may, maybe take does take her under her wing or maybe Mm -hmm. is okay with probably retiring after this and being like cool you're the new hawkeye or just you know maybe in time keep training her i mean who knows what's gonna happen after this show uh but yeah with this first episode uh i really like kate so far and i i find it really interesting what they're gonna do with uh hawkeye just kind of what they sort of set up emotionally for him at first. Yeah. So yeah. Great start, honestly. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. So let's go ahead and get into the details of what happened. So we start off this episode, uh, going in New York skyscape in 2012. And immediately I was like, okay, well this is what it was because I, uh, had seen a review where they were teasing a, um, a big moment. Uh, they were, of course, this person has a history of framing, you know things a certain way that i dislike and so what this person was saying was that you know the first two episodes are kind of like they're good but not much happens um you know it's light on action (sighs) kill me Mm. and on top of that excuse me and on top of that They, uh, this person mentioned that it has a big, big, exciting opening that you don't want to miss. And immediately I called it and I knew it the minute the 2012 came on, I called it not that that specific thing, but I called that the the opening was going to have a direct connection to the larger cinematic universe at hand. Similarly, how the episode, the fourth episode of WandaVision, you know, established a connection to the snap. So, I was like, okay, I can very easily see through you what's going to happen. So, when the, the screen came on and it said 2012, oh, great. Yeah, Battle of New York. We're going to see these people die, or they're gonna be, it's going to be an explosion. We're in this building. So, very, I mean, to me, it was very obvious what was going to happen uh, from that moment on that this is happening during the Battle of New York. And we're basically with little Kate Bishop and her parents. The parents are fighting over, honestly, something I don't even remember at this point. Uh, I don't even know what the fight was about. But, you know, clearly she overheard them. The dad comes and comforts her. He said he'll be downstairs when really he, you know, spoilers, by the way, at this point. Um, he he left the series because he died later on. That we died off screen, apparently. Yeah. Um, and we see the battle ensue. Kate is walking through her Tent house kitchen. When she sees a hole that was literally, I mean, burst through the uh, the Shatari, and uh, she's about to be basically vaporized herself by a Shatari, when Hawkeye himself stops them, and that's clearly the the moment. Uh, I guess uh, her origin moment. Uh, Kate Bishop right there to see Hawkeye heroic and everything and that's where she got the idea of a bow and arrow and how you know it's, this is really the genesis for her character is like this is where i'm going to uh she takes on uh this responsibility of like training herself hard enough to the point of being able to protect her and her family um and yeah yeah we see a funeral they cry and then we fast-forward all these years later. David, your thoughts on this opening?
1: Uh, I actually really liked the opening. I mean, I didn't much care for the family thing going on. <laughs> I mean, I get, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't remember what they were fighting about. But, I mean, it was just... I guess it was just a setup uh, for something later on, obviously. But I really like the moment where uh, you see the attack going on. And she sees Clint uh, fighting off the aliens. And it was the moment where he jumped off the roof. Because, like, I mean, Hawkeye if little kids are playing avengers outside you're you know you whoever plays hawkeyes because they were too slow to call out iron man or captain america so you really needed something to kind of like (laughs) why would she want to use a bow or an arrow and i think this is like a very very good reason as to why (laughs) she wasn't supposed to use a bow and arrow and so i think it was just a cool setup and then like um uh at the funeral scene she uh, gives her reason as to why she's going to train after this. And I really like the opening credits <laughs> for this one. Basically just telling oh, yeah. her what uh what she's been doing for uh till present day and it's basically just train and train and train. Not mm-hmm. just in bow and arrow, but all types of sports and all that. I think it's just a really cool way to um quicken that kind of story.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Where... <laughs> and then we get on uh to present day and uh <laughs> we see how great of a shot she's become with a bow and arrow that she takes down a clock tower. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think she was there on a dare or a bet that she lost to some of her friends or classmates. And uh, they're trying to ring a bell. She does that. And then the entire clock tower just like falls apart. And she's just like hilariously just caught red handed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cops show up. She's like, like uh, doing the headlights as the tower is falling behind her, it's like, well, shit, that you really couldn't get away there, could you? Um, and yeah, that's, and then she gets, I believe, no, at that point, we then carry over to Rogers the musical, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> it Rogers. To, the, it goes to Clint and he's watching Rogers the musical with his kids. <laughs> and, uh, think. His kids are just kind of like this is weird. But and especially with Clint he's just kind of like are you fucking kidding me? Like kind of kind of face. <laughs> Clint's
0: just kind of like low key trying to like ignore it. He turned his hearing aid off and he kind of goes through PTSD a little bit there because mm-hmm. like it is weird. Like that was we saw it happen, the Battle of New York. We saw the, the you know the the scale of that and then for all these years later for them to do a musical about it. That seems kind of weird, first and foremost, you know, just like, you know, putting it out there. I don't know how, you know, a lot of people died there. I don't know how appropriate that feels like, honestly, but okay. But then for Clint to just, like, to see that, it's like, that's not how it happened. And I know how it happened. I was there. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck am I here? Like, I don't even know why he even agreed to be there. Yeah. You know? That is true, huh? Yeah.
1: Why would, hey, kids, let's go to Rogers the Musical. It's like. Why? Also,
0: why is it called Rogers the Musical? Was, was was it the fact that like that was just a okay? Was it a musical about Cap in his life, and that was just one scene?
1: Probably. I mean, then maybe it's just a. I mean, we don't know what the whole musical is about. It could be about his life. It could be his run on the Avengers. I don't know. But you know, we just. I mean, they said that they said actually that they left in the middle of the show. So yeah. Uh,
0: it that's was true. Just one scene uh, great so, so they, they'll have more death to cover along the way <laughs> <laughs> destruction <laughs> as if there wasn't already enough <sighs> Um, but I think what worked best in that moment was um, and I appreciate this because you know the rest of the universe has forgotten about this or doesn't give a fuck but you zero in on a moment where he is looking at the actor that's playing Nat -hmm. You know the music kind of slows down, and like he, you know, it. He is remembering it all again, and you know we're seeing. I'm glad. I'm grateful. This is going to be playing a role to an extent on this show. Is that you know he's still not over the fact that his best friend sacrificed herself that so that he could live. Mm -hmm. That's not something as we saw at the end of Endgame that you know you just kind of let let go or forget quite that easily. And I think that's going to be coming back toward the finale in a way. Um, in ways, perhaps, people are not expecting. Um, also, when he walks out of the, the um, well, I know that there's a bathroom thing that happens. I'll get to that. I'll, there's a funny thing that happens there. I'll go back to that one. But he walks out and his daughter comes in uh, and asks if he's okay. And I think she can pick up on the fact that he, you know probably reacted most to the fact that he's on nat there and trying to like say like we all miss her and that's nice and everything girl but like um what the fuck are you talking about nobody miss her
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm gonna go back to this i'm gonna go back to this um you're the only people that have brought her up in like i don't know all the many marvel projects that we've seen post Endgame game now I don't know. It seems that the world didn't give much of a fuck about her dying, right? Because we saw Spider-Man Far From Home. We saw the whole world, like, put Tony's face on a mural or on screens. Mm-hmm. Hell, you just walked out of a musical called Rogers the Musical, not Nat the Musical. If you saw the the, the No Way Home trailer, apparently... I'm not sure if this is on the Statue of Liberty or some building, but they have a big cap shield um, that they put on there. Mm-hmm. So... If, I don't know. It seems the world has pretty much decided we don't give a fuck about what happened to Nat. <laughs> so I don't know what you're saying that we all miss her. I mean, you could have fooled me. David, I mean, did you think think that too? It's like, come on. Shut the fuck up
1: here. <laughs> I mean, it's actually surprising that like Wanda didn't bring her up at all. I mean, I understand that she <laughs> led Vision and everything, uh, but I don't know. Just, I mean, it, to me, it seemed like Nat might have been, like, her best friend, at least, in the in the group. If only
0: know. we saw more of that
1: relationship, yeah. but we didn't. <laughs> it would have been nice. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, it was just... I mean, really, it's just a nice moment between the two. Uh, he's trying to get... Just be with his kids, basically. Uh, but, yeah. Also, and then, that bathroom scene, yeah. Uh, Clint goes to take a piss. Uh, guy maybe followed him in i don't know <laughs> but he goes to <laughs> goes to the urinal like right next to him and if you know um uh, a rule. public bathrooms a rule you gotta move over that one urinal to the
0: next <laughs> especially since like the rest of them were empty it yeah. would be one thing if like they were full like you'd have no other option but to use it mm. but the rest of them were empty and Clint immediately picked up on the fact that, oh, this guy just wants an autograph because yeah. he's been through all that. So that's another aspect that we get to see in this. It's like, we don't really, see, we never got a chance to see much of the Avengers interact much with the public. Um, as except for like maybe in Ragnarok where like Thor takes a selfie with like some New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see Tony get like a snap to pick when he's at the, he's at the Nexus in Age of Ultron, I think. Um, that's mostly it I feel. Mm -hmm. And so for him, like to, to like be like, uh, to have like random people walk up to him and ask him for autographs. It's like, you know, that's also how like I, I imagine the actual like celebrities like Jeremy Renner, um, or Tom Holland, like get approached all the time. Like, Hey, I like you. Can you sign this here and that there? Um, and it's like, I mean, I've seen, you know, people, in, especially when you go to Disney parks, we saw a lot of like people who like we, we follow and a lot of us felt like, man, we'd like to have a conversation with you, but I just feel kind of weird, like me walking up and saying hi to you as if I know you, but you don't know me. Like I may know you, but you don't know me. And that seems a bit weird mm-hmm. um, to just go, go and do that. So like, it always makes you wonder about like, you know, walking up to strangers and like acting as if you know them. Uh, but we saw a lot of celebrities when we were at um or Disney celebrities when we were at the Disney parks and everything, so mm-hmm. that was interesting. But the most important thing, and I got, I, I guess, I I I assume was like a meta reference, or I guess, of course, you would have assholes, um, in this universe that would feel this way, and maybe this was uh, what were they called in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show? The rec, uh, not Project Reclamation, but it was the uh, the the Flag Smashers, right? Is that what they were called? Yeah. Um, I guess they, because they were a group that actually thought that the world was better off um, when Thanos snapped half yeah. of existence. And in that urinal, urinal, we cut to three words. Thanos, Thanos is right. Is right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure someone would joke about that if it actually happened. I don't know
0: i'm not sure that was a joke i mean it could be a joke but maybe cause i think there were people perhaps in this universe that did feel thanos was right
1: mm, no i mean i think if you're drawing it on a urinal i'm pretty sure it was just a joke like if there was a group i feel like you would, they would make like a big mural uh mural about it or something or
0: throw a bomb somewhere make a statement out of it
1: yeah something like that uh but yeah i think this is just kind of like a Dumb joke, and I mean, I, I, I laughed about it because yeah, people that was say funny. that. I see it all the time, <laughs> all the time on the <laughs> internet. People are just like, "Tannus was right," <laughs> but mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that was funny. um And then, what do we go into next? I think we cut back. Oh, no, we see Haley. We see, and Haley, we see Kate Bishop come back uh, from school. Um, she rendezvous with her mom, who is played by Vera Farmiga. I didn't expect that to happen. I mean, I don't. I never. I guess I missed the casting call or the the press release that she was going to be in this show. But Vera Farmiga is a pretty big deal. I mean, she. Um. You know, if you're not aware with her work, I mean, she's. I would say mostly known at this point for her work in the Conjuring franchise, mm-hmm. uh, as one of the Warrens. We just saw her earlier this year in The Devil Made Me Do It. Um. And so it was kind of a shock. Like I was. I was almost kind of like, is that really? who I think it is for the mm-hmm. first couple of scenes. Like they got her to be in this like, Oh, that's a pretty good get. Yeah. Um, cause she's great in everything. And so to see her in this. Okay. And I like the dynamic that she has with Kate. You can see like a lot of, um, a lot of who Kate is comes from her mm. and they both are very kind of like strong. And, um, to an extent, like smart houses. <laughs> um, but they have a fun dynamic with each other. A loving one as well. And I guess you you can sense history of a lot of as well as, you know, many of us experience ourselves, you know, butting of the heads as they say. Uh with, you know, clearly you you get the sense in the last several years since her father's death that you know Kate really threw herself and you see evidence of that all throughout the episode of, you know, mastering as many, I guess, forms of self-defense or martial arts as uh as she could be to the point of her mother's frustration. It is established that, you know, her mother does operate a um a I a, not a, not a, I guess like a protection task force agency of some sort like a like a security company, and I don't know if this was something that she had before the Battle of New York, um, but maybe it was something that she came into and that she started. Or maybe took over. I'm not sure that was ever made clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the line that she says to Kate, which is, you know, a lot of, you know, most um, most rich people and most young people think they're invincible, and you happen to be both, or something like that. Yeah. And that's kind of like, you know, Kate's attitude.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, actually, I really like the relationship. Um, from the opening credits, you see, you know, you see uh, Kate, training and all that but like on every sh- in every uh i guess scene you see her mom's silhouette too in the opening credits too and i and that was and it was never shown as like the mom kind of being like pushy to towards her to be number one or anything like that and like no she, it, it was already supportive and that she wants to train herself and i really like you know she gives her like a, hey i got another medal she's like cool go for the box you know and usually there's always like a i mean there is a uh, uh what's the word like a struggle between the two or um like something between there's always something between a uh, parent and child in every other show but this one though it, it uh it just really it really did seem like a loving relationship that they both want to support uh the mom wants to, wants to support kate and everything she does but <laughs> kate there's kind of, friction there's, there's friction It's <laughs> a better word
0: <laughs> the, yeah there's friction between both of them because like i feel like uh you know her, her mom makes it pretty clear that she doesn't want kate to be over extending herself and and putting herself in dangerous situations of which we do see come to fruition later on mm-hmm. um but then there's also at least on kate's part is she also becomes suspicious of other entanglements, shall we say, that the mom is involved with in later on in the episode. And I feel that's at, in this particular scene. We are also introduced to Armand, who is presumably, uh, at this point, uh, a individual that her mom has gotten very intimate with. Um, and like, a couple of other things to point out here: When she mentioned to Kate to just um, come to the party, I'm not really clear about what kind of party it is, but also I feel like I got the sense almost immediately that even though Kate didn't get that in- impression, oh shit, she got engaged to this guy, mm-hmm. and now comes the part where she's gonna have to say, and of course that, no matter who it was going to be, that was gonna be a big deal because of course you know tragedy happened to rip away their father Mm. i mean her father her husband from what happened so like uh that would be kind of a big deal to to address another aspect is and i guess this also speaks to who kate is um she ain't exactly a girly girl, and I think her mom kinda wants her to be a little bit more that way when she mentioned there's a beautiful red dress that I put in your room. Mm-hmm. Can you please wear that when you come to the party? And then we cut to the party. She ain't wearing that red dress. <laughs> uh she's wearing a, a stylish tux. Uh and she's rocking it. Yeah. So there's that. But that's you can definitely see the clash of um personalities there mm. just based on their wardrobe, which is a really nice, um, uh a great, you know, we wanna compliment the 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 costume department uh for you know providing that and also it, it's just a great way of using the costumes um for these characters to kind of differentiate who they are um so that was nice i don't know if you cut on to all that but i think it was pretty clear mm-hmm. no yeah um, i got that then we get to the party uh and it's a pretty, and by the way this, if you has not been mentioned these people are lavishly rich they're mm-hmm. so incredibly rich. Like she fucking like Kate took down a clock tower and the mom was like, "Oh, I got to, you know, write some checks." Like no big deal.
1: yeah Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, she was like, "Guess I got to cancel your credit cards as punishment." I'm like, "What the fuck? Credit cards? <laughs> credit cards?" <laughs> 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 really had the what the fuck.
0: <laughs> I know, right? It's like, okay. <laughs> that yeah, they're they're um they're obscenely rich. Um and so we get to this party. You know, we're introduced to Armand's uncle. I feel yeah, it was uncle. Uh, the old guy. Um, who carries himself with you know, he's basically that guy. He's that old, rich, white guy. Um, that you know carries himself as if he owns everything and everybody. And immediately, he spills the beans to Kate that they're getting engaged, and that he reveals he has his doubts about kate's mom and you know kind of plants the seeds for what's to come in the future kate goes up and confronts uh her mother uh saying that you got engaged mm-hmm. and like at that point the mom's like oh shit um can you give us a moment sweetie mm-hmm. anyway um <laughs> to, to, to arm on and everything and yeah they kind of like they acknowledge it the mom asks for Kate to just be a bit, um, a little bit happy for her that she's moving on and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, Kate tries to be, but of course, um, she's not happy. I would say, presumably, most and foremost, because they've only been dating for a short time. She barely knows this guy from what it seems like. And then you introduce this other element that Armand kind of like threw in some interesting, like, I guess. I don't know threats well he makes a threat later on and she overhears that and so yeah that that, a lot almost immediately it's like okay but why is Armand threatened by her what is he talking about I'd like to know that and I wish Kate would have asked that and I think maybe she does ask her mom like what's going on Mm -hmm. but we don't get much of an answer to that so do you think um, there is something more nefarious that Kate's mom could be covering up because there's a lot of, there may be some misdirection happening because mm-hmm. let's just cut to the chase of what happens in this dynamic. Kate is immediately suspicious of Armand's uncle and Armand himself. And Armand has this big, beautiful mustache. We always talk about the mustache twirling villain. <laughs> and on some level, maybe that could be a misdirection. Um, but I think immediately the show wants us to question why Armand and Kate's mom are together, what he's after. He is from all appearances far more wealthier than he can even imagine than Kate's mom. So maybe it's not so much money off the table. We start seeing these swords around the apartment that come out of nowhere. And at some point it is. Um, revealed in this episode it is revealed that armand himself is a sword enthusiast so i don't know before we get to that part of the episode i want to ask you david at this point there is a level of mystery involved with some of the characters at play what do you think that mystery is and where do you stand currently you have any suspicions
1: um i mean i don't think it's gonna be like some big mystery i think it's just Maybe the mom and whoever she's dating and their family is just. I think I think they're just gonna reveal that they're just kind of, they're just criminals, really. I don't think it's gonna be some. I don't think there's gonna be some nefarious plan to like destroy the world or something. Maybe like rob people of some money or something. But rich
0: people being criminals—that doesn't sound. Um. That sounds out of the ordinary, right? You wouldn't <laughs> think that would be the case. So you're thinking that the mom's a criminal? Uh, that she she, could... she runs a criminal organization.
1: Uh probably some kind, because I mean it showed in the beginning that she, they're probably already rich in the first in the beginning of the first thing. They
0: step. were living in a New York City penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> in a in a building that was literally like a stone throws away from Avengers Tower.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: yeah, they were fucking rich.
1: Yeah, they were rich, but there was clearly some financial troubles going on. Like they sounded like you could have probably lose lose everything. Um so obviously with the dad gone, chances are she probably got involved in something just to kind of get by, take care of her daughter and everything. Um As to, you know, whether she's gonna stay a criminal um till the end, or maybe she'll have a change of heart, I don't know just yet. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely something going on between basically everyone. I mean, there could be, it could be like a double cross (laughs) from everyone. I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. So we have that. And then with Kate, she stumbles her way into a black market auction, Mm -hmm. um, where, they have some interesting items. Both of the Armands are there, and she disguises herself as a, a waitress. Before we get into what happens in that scene, I really love um, Haley Seinfeld's comedic timing, because there are some things that she's like, she, uh, and I guess just like her physicality, she's just like, because she's. <laughs> I'm not even sure she intended to be perceived as this when she put on her wardrobe, you know, that tuxedo, but everybody there just thinks she's the help (laughs) throughout (laughs) the whole party. And so she seamlessly blends in. So when she goes to the back kitchen, she just grabs a plate (laughs) and walks in like nothing, which I thought was funny. But then she's questioned uh, twice. The first time she's questioned by uh, somebody who was actually there as a waiter. And like, I thought I was the only one that was supposed to be here. Um and she was like, "Well, Gary told me to be here. Do you really want to take it up with him?" And he was like, "Okay, no, no, I'll walk away." Mm-hmm. And so like she's still snooping and everything and see all all the stuff that's happening. Then the actual Gary shows up and he's like, "Who told you to be here?" She's like, "Gary did." And then you go in like, "I'm Gary," and I love because most people you would just like freeze or like run or something, but she kind of like in a split second goes like, "But you see, Gary." that's the problem you never remember my name i quit <laughs> which was actually kind of clever because yes. i was like oh, what the fuck
1: yeah just, that's pretty smart yeah just to quickly like get emotional just to kind of throw him <laughs> off and everything <laughs> and, it just, and also like that the handing of the plate too it's just like, Wait, what? He's like no, 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 no. <laughs> she just manages, and she manages to get away and everything and luckily she was like in some uh I don't know what they're called exactly, but it just—it was basically almost like a maze in there.
0: It she, is a maze. There was some dark corners where she was able to just kind of like hide herself mm-hmm. um, very e- easily because like it's dark, it's re- really poorly lit. So also, she's wearing a black suit, so that definitely helps. But no, that was hilarious. I loved it. Um, so I love the sense of humor that that the show is in. So I'm definitely down for more of that. In this particular auction scene. I guess where my mind goes, is, well, I guess the character stuff. There is clearly some butting of the heads or friction, as we want to say, between Armand and his uncle about like uh, you know he he brings up his concerns to his nephew about the the woman he's about to marry and everything. Um, also, uh, you get the the dynamic of their relationship as they like bid for his sword. So there's that, and that was interesting. But perhaps what was most more interesting was the stuff they were bidding on. So the first thing, okay, they bid on, I guess, a, tricer, a triceratops. It's cool. <laughs> fossil or whatever. Okay, yeah. Well, we've seen that before. Whatever. <laughs> it's hilarious how we can just like dismiss that as like, oh, okay, whatever. We've seen it before. Then <laughs> they have some items that you think to yourself, how? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how? there's a lot of house here so what is revealed in this scene is that they have the ronin suit and the sword from avengers endgame that mm-hmm. clint wore and presumably he left it at the compound and was there when thanos blew that place the kingdom come and let i mean in the we we see at the end of the movie too when they're like um when cab goes back into the past they're off to the side that place was blown to smithereens, mm-hmm. right? Like, there was very little left of the compound. So, right now, in my mind, I'm just like, oh, but the suit survived. Completely unscathed. Okay. <laughs> so did the sword, apparently. Mm-hmm. I guess, presumably, that stuff was, like, kept under lock and key, and I guess it survived the blast? But I don't know, David. You go back and look at Avengers Endgame, like... Yeah. I, <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> and so like, everything was gone. And especially,
1: like, for the suit to be caught. Like, I can understand maybe a few um, gadgets and weapons and all that finding it. And I don't know. But the suit, I don't know. I, think, I feel like it could have been destroyed.
0: <laughs> and, well, the sword as well. Okay, that's one of the hows. The other how is, how the fuck did these people get their hands on it? Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, you have to you gotta recover it from the site. But like, I, what, okay. Black market people always find, you know, get their hands on stuff that, you, you know, we, we, we also see, um, we saw a little bit of that, right? In, um, in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Power Broker episode where, uh, Bucky and Sam meet up with, um, mm-hmm. what's her name? Um, Sharon, and they go up to her to her place of business or her home, and she has all these rare artifacts that apparently are authentic, and the ones in the museums are fake. So I think we've already established. Okay, sure, I get that, but that's one thing. The Avengers compound was blown to smithereens, fine, but that's also private property. The Avengers were there. The, there's also the the Stark, the company Stark Industries still exists. Mm-hmm. There's still security there. It's still like how it do you get how can you just like hop fence and like just freely roam and pick up whatever you want like it was like a shopping center like that seems pretty pretty fucking hard unless like cartoonishly oh the suit bounced off and it flew off to another part of the state like what mm-hmm. like <laughs> it, it it seems like unless they had connections through stark industries and you had somebody like fish it out of there and that's what they were going... I don't know. It's like... I mean, maybe. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't matter yeah. at, at all. It's just like questions you have like, how? But okay. Mm. I mean, even
1: if like the suit did come out unscathed, someone's stealing a suit, uh, they probably won't double check, you know, whoever's running the cleanup, I guess. You know, they're probably not going to go, oh, we lost the suit. Okay, who gives a shit? You know, let's get, let's get rid of this super mega weapon that will destroy a building in an instant, you know? So like... There's different priorities. Um, and plus, uh, for these people, they're buying stuff that they can put in their homes, not so much that they can use, you know, like, so it's fine that they have a suit on display and ready to be sold and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if the vulture is able to make something that he can take a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. But again, to, be it's fa- to be
0: fair, I guess the only distinction is that like, look. The Avengers compound was private property. You had to deal with Stark people. The difference there is that they were fishing stuff out of the Triskelion, which is government, which, come on. <laughs> of course it would be easy mm-hmm. there. Um, but I get, yeah, we've, we have established a history of this happening. So, not too much of a surprise, but just some questions I had. But yeah. basically, the police, uh, is ambushed. They literally blow a hole through the wall, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, I guess this, tracksuit gang comes in and they're you know the target is the suit and the sword kate intervenes she puts the suit on and she is yes
1: the the target was a watch
0: what it wasn't no it wasn't but the they suit. were after the suit as well weren't no you're no. right it was a watch it was okay good sorry i forgot about this thing what is this watch
1: my guess, do you remember in Civil War where Tony turned the watch oh, into like a little... the
0: nano, the, the nanotech uh, watch that he used to fight off Winter Soldier?
1: Yeah, could be that. Uh, I mean, who knows? I'm guessing, I want to take a guess that it's Tony Stark's and chances are uh could do a lot more. Who knows? But, yeah...
2: I don't
0: know. okay that's right that's right okay now i'm remembering it was the watch they were after um i guess i got, I conflated that because they were looking for the suit afterwards but i guess they were looking for the suit because they were looking for the person to bring them in to find the watch later on mm-hmm. okay yeah so but what happens to the watch i forget so like you know kate is able to get her way out of there we see how amazingly like uh, talented, she's become where she's able to fend off these gangsters pretty much. And Ash, while wearing the the Ronan suit, as she's escaping, uh, she comes across Pizza Dog. I think we're calling him Pizza Dog, and she encountered him once before, and he seemed kind of sus. And for whatever reason, the dog is fighting this guy, yeah this member of the rush of the tracksuit gang, specifically because he wants to watch. And so Kate kind of walks into that, kicks the rush, the, I don't know if they're Russian. I don't know if they are. Are they Russian? I don't know. Um, the tracksuit gang and, um, takes the watch and the dog and then she rendezvous at her apartment that we barely just realized she had an apartment. Yeah. Well, I guess she did. Yeah. Uh, and she drops off the dog and I guess the watch there and then she goes on to do other stuff. So a lot there, obviously. Um, what did you make of, kate's acrobatic acrobatic abilities to be able to fend off those gangsters as well as what the dog's deal is and yeah
1: yeah i hope there's more to the dog just because uh, it's i find it like kind of way too big of a coincidence that <laughs> that weird right yeah. like
0: why is that dog there and why does he want that watch
1: yeah i mean i don't mind that the dog's there it's just kind of like wow it just happens to help him help her kind of escape and the dog did get the watch they do have the watch i don't i didn't never saw well they have that yeah, they do okay, they got um, the watch yeah right, okay, cool well, I mean yeah then yeah it's just it's just a little bit of bit a bit of a coincidence uh but through uh, her fight scene though uh i I really liked it they got pretty creative her keep her she's keep using the wine bottles to attack them and everything to right, kind of which
0: shows off. that you know she's she is um quick on her feet she. She's quick on her feet. She's competent and she's able. But it also shows to an extent she's kind of out of her depth, too. Mm -hmm. Dealing with all of these gangsters at the same time. And there were some moments where it's like, oh, you kind of fucked.
1: Yeah. And that's my tiny little complaint. There were just some moments where, like, there was one where the guy pinned her to a wall, punches her in the gut, and then, like, waits kind of, like, two, three seconds it doesn't do anything, but, like...
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, that's... You could have punched her, like, multiple times right there, <laughs> like...
0: Or shoot her, yeah. especially since they think that she's actually Ronan, And considering the reputation that Ronin built, you think you want to kill on sight.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean i mean for that guy specifically i don't know if he had the gun i think she may, might have dropped it and all that but it's just right. its just kind of weird like you could have punched her a couple more times in that moment mm-hmm. but like you just did it once you stopped and that gave her the chance to stop you and i was like oh you guys can do better come on <laughs> and then there were moments still too where uh one guy did have a gun and like he points i don't know if he was Trying to punch her with it, but like he points it at her, but not so much kind of like you know, keeping it close to his body like some people right. do. No, this one, like he he wanted to stretch out his arm, point it right at her. I'm like, what is that? I don't think you was- I don't
0: know if you picked up on this, but I think like I wanna say that these particular gangsters, the tracksuit guys. On some level, they're kind of clowns.
1: Uh, I mean, they're called a tracksuit gang. I mean... <laughs>
0: it's just so I think I think that kind of plays into this. Mm-hmm. At least in, in their confrontation in that particular moment with Kate. To where, like, okay, well, yeah, they aren't the best of the best, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's kind of what... what maybe on some level that was on purpose? The yeah, goofiness in that, I mean, maybe? I don't know. True. Um, you want to say more on that? Uh,
1: no, that's basically it. Like, again, um, she was quick on her feet. They got kind of creative with the environment and all that. So I hope we see more of that.
0: We then, uh, we see Kate realize that Armand's uncle has been killed. Mm-hmm. And she is, So she's freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to leave and she's ambushed by the tracksuit guys again. And this one, she is pretty much overwhelmed pretty quickly, where she's not going to be able to get out of this. So she kind of like goes into a car and hides. Um, and, uh, she's pretty much fucked until Hawkeye comes for the rescue, clears these bozos out of the way, and then, like, drags her off, confronts her, uh, and then that's cut to end. That's mm. the end of the first episode. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, <laughs> episode because you know we have an opening sequence we have a previously on so in case anybody wants to get any notions that this is a movie they clearly ain't mm. we don't want to relitigate that bullshit again um so that's the end of the first episode i would say a very uh solid first episode uh i immediately into the story uh the character dynamics at play um and yeah anything else to say on the first episode
1: uh, no, I mean, like I said, this is a really good setup, um, for K and Clint's sit- kind of whole situation and the dynamics, uh-huh. and good insight as to like what their arcs might be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. All right, so now we move on to episode two, and um, well, I guess we'll give off. Uh, other impressions before we go into the spoilers of episode two yeah. uh it's not much different than what i had to say of the first episode um i like the fact that it's taking its time to flesh out its story and we're getting to see um clint and actually this is the first episode we get to see clint and kate interact and first and foremost they have a pretty great dynamic. Yeah. Um, and I want to see more of that. So mm-hmm. great choice to have Haley Steinfeld, because Haley and um Jeremy are amazing together, and I want to see more of that. And uh I love that we saw Clint be um kind of like over this, and I mean <laughs> over everything, but also kind of like have a sense of humor enough to kind of like move along the larping stuff that was hilarious yes. um <laughs> it really was and we'll get to that when we get there um no but yeah i, I thought it was you know it, it it did i guess move some stuff forward not too much though um but we mainly what this episode was here to do was to you know establish the the dynamic that we're going to have between Kate and between Clint and then um we end off in a pretty interesting cliffhanger to see what comes next. But it's really, in any way, it's more of what we already saw in episode one, but just more of it. Mm-hmm. Um I liked it.
1: No, yeah, I liked it too. Uh, like you said, um it's basically a lot of the same stuff as the first episode, but this was for sure a whole lot more fun for me. Uh, I was yeah. very excited for... um jeremy and Hickley's uh, dynamic in the show because i just thought like i you know I've, I've seen most of their works and i feel like they had kind of ha- have the same comedic timing in their movies like they're mm. um i don't know how to explain it it's just you know it's kind of like qu- quick pace in their reactions right and sort of stuff and all that and just it's almost like they b- both have like this like kind of no bullshit mentality in some of their characters mm-hmm. and so i think that's gonna be a really cool dynamic in this show and they really brought it out with this one, especially when in their first rate interaction, which we'll get into. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh I mean like I said in the beginning too, um the plot it's really not that complicated. It's really just client trying to get the suit. It'll lead to like just more and more stuff, obviously, and uh it seems like it's gonna be fun. Uh but yeah it's just really mostly character based story them building up their relationship and also him kind of going trying to go through some stuff that doesn't seem uh big on the surface but I feel like we'll probably build it up somehow
0: Mhm But yeah All right, let's go ahead and get into what happened in this episode. We pick up immediately where we left off. Mhm Uh Kate and Clint and basically are introduced and you know, they're kind of surprised that, uh, you know, that Clint is here. Like, oh, you're a hot guy. And Clint's like, what, you? You're the one that have been wearing this. They go off to her apartment. They exchange pleasantries, as they say. You know, they have questions for each other. Um, You get the sense that Clint is like, what the fuck? I love that when they enter the apartment, he kind of like just like slams his head against the glass. Like, what am I gotten myself into here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, they, they kind of like catch each other up on what's going on. And, uh, I love how like Kate's fangirling and she brings down, um, her bow and arrow, I think to, mm-hmm. for, uh, for Hawkeye to send, they kind of like my favorite Avenger. Um, and that's cool and everything. And then, oh, somebody throws in a fucking, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what, a bottle with, Molotov I don't know, whatever. mm basically yeah and the in the place catches fire and it's the it's the tracksuit guys they're Mm -hmm. back they're back um and so yeah they kind of have to get away they have to leave the suit behind unfortunately but i love how um in moments like these uh in trying to like throw i love how hawkeye throws one of those back at them (laughs) and i also love how uh kate uh, is also able to show off a little bit in front of, uh, Clint. Mm-hmm. That way, like, he, like, understands, like, she's not a, as she calls herself, a total noob. Uh, and she's very effective. And immediately from that moment, you kind of get the sense man, these two together. Are gonna be fun to watch <laughs> uh, when some more uh, action sequences happen along the way. Mm-hmm.
1: No, especially you know she's she she tries too hard to show off when <laughs> she shot. Yeah. So like her building's on fire and she shoots it, like she's kind of like oh my gosh we gotta put out the fire. She shoots a firing extinguisher, and it just. It just it does nothing basically she was kind of like she was i guess she was hoping for something cool to happen
0: like and it's oh my god that's right that's <laughs> a, that's funny yeah it's so uh yeah.
1: i kind of hope that happens later on in the episodes where she just keeps trying to show off just a little bit but it kind of mm-hmm. fucks up and all that which is a really cool thing
0: <laughs> i love the transition of like uh uh you know they're on the run and everything, and, and uh, Kate thinks like, oh, we get to do some Avengers stuff, and then we could do a convenience store, and they have to like shop for like a first aid kit, basically. <laughs> and she was disappointed. I love when she asks about like Avengers Tower, and I guess this is not public information, um, or at least maybe she just didn't know of it. But like when Clint says, nah, Tony sold that place a few years ago. And I think, uh, you know, Kate says something to, the, something to the effect of, like, man, that is so sad on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty funny, like, you know, from a fangirl's perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I, doubt she would know about that, especially because I guess her main focus is, halt, like, Hawkeye. She probably right. doesn't care about the other Avengers.
0: Um, And they're but... also dead. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not, I mean, aside from, like, Banner... And but he is off the grid basically, I guess. But mm. th- they're all dead. Um or gone. You know, Thor never really sticks around. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and then they rendezvous at her aunt's place. Uh a place that they need to hide out in because at this point the tracksuit people know who Kate Bishop is and there are they are after her and so clint has to hide her out they stay there meanwhile uh before we move on to the next part of this mission clint needs to basically see his family off we didn't talk about this much in episode one but you know part of what really worked the best of age of ultron was clint's family you know linda Cardellini uh and then of course the kids and we do see them come back obviously for avengers endgame um but we got to see uh clint spend some alone time with his kids and you see he's trying to make the best of it this happened in episode one he's trying to make the best of like um uh, the time that he has with them especially since like again talk about trauma or ptsd not just from like all these battles not just from like his best friend sacrificing herself to save him but he does also got his family back who he basically thought were dead for the previous five years, so it's a lot of things going on, so for him, you very get you get the sense that he wants to throw himself into their lives as much as he can um but for what we do see of them, they have a really nice family dynamic, and I like them all really and so it is um you see especially the daughter picks up on the fact that um he very clearly has some work stuff to do and uh, she's concerned that it's going to get in the way of him being able to come home for Christmas but he makes a promise to her saying that he is going to be able to make it back in time Uh, and then the kids are kind of like shown off and everything back to the airport so they can go back to the mom but no I love um, uh, Jeremy Renner's interaction with all of them uh especially the little one. I think Nate uh was really cute, uh, both of them and the the, the I love you that they share and it's like Yeah, I yeah. mean it's moments like that that kind of make you at least for me, I know we have disagreement uh across the red spotlight group, but it's it's moments like that why Nat sacrificed herself. She sacrificed herself for a lot of people, for a lot of her personal family, but also for Clint to get his back. And you see in that moment, that's what she did it for. That's what she was able to give back to her best friend. So I love, of course, no one's going to say that, but it's like, that's really what it was all about.
1: Honestly, it really gets me mad that people are kind of like, Hawkeye should have died. Like, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I know. I don't disagree in that I wish Nat would have lived and all that, you know? I I wish we or. would
0: have seen her in that last battle. We would have loved to have seen her in that last battle and be in kicking ass and everything. Mm-hmm. But, as you were saying...
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just that this was meant to be. And like, I understand some other people are complaining about it because, you know, it's the whole... Um, Uh, female female characters sacrifices herself or dies to motivate the male characters and all that I completely understand but this was different though I actually care about this character dying yes (laughs) yeah whether it was Nat or Clint you know I actually care about them and it it was kind of like almost built up to this moment where the two of them had to face off against each other for the greater good I guess in a way so I don't know but yeah, I agree. With you. It's, it is those moments that make you kind of go, yay, he survived and he's with his family again. I kind of want that, especially for him. I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. out of everyone, you kind of want that for him, especially to just retire, retire and yeah. be with his family and raise them as best he can and all that. So yeah, we kind of skipped over it. On um, the first episode, they had like a d- little dinner uh, yeah at a restaurant and all that and it was just kind of like you know hey what are we gonna do for christmas blah blah, blah. just little chit chats everywhere um he also had a cool moment uh the waiter came by he's just like on the house and he's just like no it's no it's fine we'll pay for it but that guy wouldn't take no for an answer um He saved our city yeah <laughs> that's what he said mm-hmm. and i'm mean, kind of interesting though like uh, it, usually like i feel like in those moments you probably show the other characters kind of going like yeah you did and all that but it wasn't when in that scene he was kind of like awkward i guess for him uh which Mm. understandable but not in like a he feels humble in a way it's just like i don't like this kind of reaction that's that's why kind of what i took from it Um, yeah yeah which i i I see it Mm -hmm. it was interesting uh but yeah and then this episode yeah he's seeing his family off um the daughter's like super worried she wants him there and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like, I'm really liking the family interactions, especially later on uh, when he was on the phone with his wife. And it seems like she knows everything, I guess. I no,
0: yeah, like... yeah. They're very, yeah. They you know, she knows everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I got that impression the same as you. And I feel like that's kind of been their relationship, right? Like they tell each other everything.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, so I, I guess I guess she does know about the whole Ronan situation. Um, yeah, so I curious. I
0: think so, right? Like it she
1: should... like She knows about the suit. She seems to know how important it is for him. Um, I kind of like to think that you know he told her right away. It's like, hey, you should know some. I went to a dark place when you guys were gone. You know. Yeah. Especially because we don't know everything about his past. Was he always an agent? Was he always uh like a hero
0: in a way here's sure. the thing though i know we had i this i know this is going to come up later on in the show but i guess i here's where i'm confused from avengers endgame i thought the fact that Ronan was that the hawkeye was was Ronan was common knowledge but evidently that's not what happened I only say that because when uh Rhodey and Natasha had that discussion about where his whereabouts are, they seem to know almost immediately that you know Hawkeye was Ronan and everything. Here's the problem though. That's gonna come back up. I'm sure we're gonna see probably like Clint come into like some trouble with the law because of course, but it's like From my understanding, Ronan killed only gangsters, right?
1: Yeah, it was mainly just criminals and I'm sure the criminal underworld probably know that Hawkeye was Ronin.
0: No, they don't. They don't. They don't because they picked up Hawkeye at the end of this episode but they didn't refer to him as Ronin. So they don't know. Hmm. Well, I'm
1: trying to remember when that he fought that one guy. Well, I mean, in the movie. The Yakuza? Uh, in, uh, yeah. He never mentioned that he was like Clint or Hawkeye or kind of like
0: no. Mm. He just re- referred to him as Ronan.
1: Okay. Okay. Then yeah. Then I guess it's not common knowledge. But here's
0: the problem. It's like whenever that. And I know this story beat's going to annoy me when it happens. But like, okay. So he killed a bunch of bad guys. I know vigilanteism is like bad, and that's going to be a theme because you know Kate Bishop, inner of herself, is a vigilante. But um. I don't know how much of a bad guy Hawkeye is going to be is made to seem out to be when he pretty much exclusively killed a lot of heinous individuals. Mm-hmm. It would be one thing if he was killing innocent people, which I guess we don't know that actually happened. I don't think that would, that's what happened. But whatever um, consequences or ramifications of his time as Ronan, I feel that like we're going to see that play out in this show hmm Because we we you know we spent so much time on the suit here.
1: Yeah. I mean I don't know. I don't know what's gonna come of it. And if like if she's gonna figure out he was Ronan in or something or
0: mm. who Kate Yeah, Kate. I think it's gonna come to light. For sure. Like, I mean, national public eye, and if that happens, then those gangsters are gonna be like, well, we've got some shooting to do. Mm-hmm. Um and the family needs to be kept on guard that's for sure Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's going to be interesting there so back to the story here clint sees the family off he makes his promises and then he has a lead because he had tried to go back for the suit the night before in the apartment and of course somebody took it and uh the lead was that it was um uh, somebody who belonged to NYC LARPing live action role play. <laughs> wow. This was something. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes, he, he goes there. And, um, I mean, I got to say Clint could have easily just beat the crap out of everybody there and then just taken it. And honestly, I would have done that because <laughs> you know what? I ain't got time for your bullshit people. I'm sorry. I'm getting this one way or the other move or be moved as somebody else said. um, no but he bless his soul he played along <laughs> um he signed up and um he was uh he was giving these people what they want and that was pretty humorous
1: mm-hmm. uh one thing when he was he went back to <clears throat> kate's apartment to find the soup. i like that little detail where he goes to the second floor and tries to see the whole layout because if you remember in the first avengers uh you know I think it was uh, Nick Fury that was kind of like, oh, where's Hawkeye? And he goes, oh, no, oh, it's like, where's, the hawk. where's, oh, you mean the Hawk is like up there on his nest. And yeah, then, uh, Nick was kind of like, uh, why are you up there? It's like, you should be, you should be, I told you, I told you to come here to keep a lookout. It. It's like, well, I'll do better on the, on the high ground. Basically, mm. I can't remember the exact line, but basically like he likes seeing everything all at once. He's good at, he has good eyesight <laughs> basically. Yeah. So I kind of like that detail. Um, but um, what is? Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the lead was a New York City LARPing group, I guess, and I was laughing the entire time. Just <laughs> <laughs> like he's there's a woman there as a guard and everything. He's just kind of like he's like you can tell he's holding back uh, a lot of anger and everything. But he signs up and I like and I like that part. It's like name, no <laughs> email that's classified, yeah, that's
2: classified.
1: <laughs> and then yeah he's basically just kind of like kicking everyone's ass so they're like that part though where like five of them come up to him and he just does like a spinning sword move i love
0: that him. that was so <laughs> much fun
2: yeah.
1: <coughs> yeah and then so he meets up with the guy that stole the suit and the guy's like okay fine like i'll, I'll take it back i'll give it back to you just let me kill you. And he's just like, no. Well, <laughs> he's like, come on, man. It's like, I can really build up my reputation here if, like, I, st- if I kill you. He's just like, ah, fine. And he's just like, kind of, like, puts his hand on his knees and kind of like, goes for an execution style. But he's like, no, no, no. Trial by combat. <laughs> and he's just like, oh my God. Fine. And I fought Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I fought Thanos. <laughs> and then, you know, he's just kind of, he's, it's funny. And then the, the target by combat starts and the, the guy who sold the suit, you know, he was really into it kind of being like, ah, ah, you know, really trying to like sell it and all that. But Clint's just like waving his hand, like, okay, <laughs> whatever. And I, I like though, like right before the guy goes for the kill shot, Clint does kind of smile a bit. I think, I think I saw a smile, <laughs> but you know, he was just, you really saw that he was starting to enjoy it a bit uh i hope the season ends with like him and his family doing <laughs> their larping doing or that that would be so that much fun so yes cool <laughs> uh actually i remember the show supernatural did that <laughs> there was like really a, yeah there was like some demon killing off larpers <laughs> yeah so it was this okay. guy who actually like legit stole or uh, captured a fairy and he was trying to get off Lopper so he can, like, become king and, like, win uh, a maiden's heart and all that. Anyway, but at the end, they solved it, and they were like, let's play. <laughs> and so they got in full costume and, like, charged into battle. It was funny. It was a great episode. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then I afterwards, he does say um, he gets a suit back. And that guy does tell them, like, you yeah, had fun, didn't you? And just like, I don't regret doing it. I'll say that. <laughs> so it was it was a cool moment. I think it was almost like a I guess you could say it's a moment of him kind of relaxing finally. Because I'm sure Yeah. You know, I think I heard that this show takes place two
0: years after Endgame. I um, did and again, like I heard that and my mind goes to like, well, okay, man, you guys and your fucking timelines. Mm-hmm. That would make this 2025. hmm And this would make, I guess, Hawkeye would take place after all the multiverse thing. Because, like, Far From Home takes place one year after Endgame. hmm But No Way Home takes place immediately after Far From Home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is still one year after Endgame. So one would assume, based on that information, Hawkeye is the furthest in the future we've had gone into. So we're in 2025. Mm-hmm. So, in case people wanted to care about that.
1: How far was Falcon and the Winter Soldier?
0: Falcon and the Winter Soldier was 2023. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Eternals happen around the same period of time. Mm. In between Endgame and Far From Home. Okay. In fact, Eternals happens at the exact same time as the fucking Winter Soldier. Somebody pointed out.
1: Hmm. Okay, hmm. that's interesting. Okay, I was just trying to figure out the timeline, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure uh, that little moment of him relaxing, probably, he's probably in some stress because he's trying to get back together with his family. Probably wants to reconnect with them after all that, all that time, and all that. Yeah. So I think it's just. It was a cool moment to see that with Hawkeye. Mm. Mm -hmm. Especially because, sorry, because you do notice in the beginning, um, even with his family, you can almost see he's almost on edge in a way. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's move on here. Kate is, I think, revealed to work for her mom's protection agency or whatever, her Mm -hmm. security. Force and then she walks in. Armand and uh, her mom are there, and they agree to have dinner. And Kate senses the opportunity to um, use this as a form of interrogation. Later on, we are at that said dinner, and we see that Kate is uh, curious about Armand's history and his fascination with swords. And I guess it is revealed that he does fencing, right? That's the sport. Um, Yeah. And so she challenges him to see how good he is. And at first it seems as if he's kind of a novice, but uh, Kate suspects that he had, you know, been losing on purpose. And you get to see this really instance uh, where it's kind of scary, actually, where she kind of lunges at him Mm -hmm. while he's looking away and like easily, like, pushes her back with his fencing sword. And it kind of gives an indication, like, this guy may not be that much of a novice after all. Mm. He, he seems to know his stuff a bit here, and I wonder how much that's going to come into play later on. Um, There ain't much more to say on that. David, anything?
1: Um, No, nothing. She just gets a call from
0: FBI?
1: Or some detective i think uh Mm -hmm. asking about her apartment catching on fire but i guess we won't know what happens till the next episode right uh but yeah her stuff is just trying to figure out what's up with um the boyfriend and his family and all that and she does get one clue which is the candy that he gave her it was like a licorice or something or no no licorice i was like caramel butterscotch Butterscotch. or hard candy yeah and it was like the same one that was in that uncle's apartment where he died Uh uh-huh so that's one tiny clue uh but yeah it just kind of cuts to Clint he has a suit he locks it up and this is where he he's talking to his wife and all that he just kind of tells her yeah I just gotta face the the gang and all that and kind of Make sure he they don't go after Kate anymore and be like, hey, <laughs> she has nothing to do with this. Uh I don't know if he's gonna confess that he's Ronin or something. Um But yeah, he gets caught by them, he's tied up, and <laughs> he's just like, just take t- just take me to your boss, please. <laughs> like I just I really want to get this over with. He's like, "Oh yeah. yeah? Well, you're the one tied up. What are you good to negotiate?" And he's just like, "I'm not really tied up." <laughs> and he just shows up that like he got out of his cuffs. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, the whole situation was kind of going fine until Kate falls off from the roof, falls from the roof, and
0: lands right <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: Clint's like, what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm.
1: And so now they're both tied up for good. <laughs> she just kind of looks at her, blames her, like, it just had to come, huh? <laughs> and then we met me, I guess, their boss. And it's this lady uh, Guess Oh, I almost forgot. So they mentioned the earpiece uh, with Hawkeye. And before the show came out, a lot of people assumed that they're just going to say that he's always had it or something. Some people did assume that, but no, that's not the case. It, <laughs> when she asked like, Oh, like what happened to your hearing?" And it just cuts to a whole bunch of scenes of him taking damage. The fucking Avengers, uh, Avengers base gets blown up and he's just kind of like, I mean, take your pick. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> so
0: it, it takes toll being an Avenger. Yeah. I hear a lot of loud booms, that's for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I I found that... Him I, smashing through the window of a skyscraper, um, him like fighting off Hydra in the beginning of Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. like these uh, blasts and of course what more did it than that Avengers compound being uh, blown like that. Yeah, it's... um, mm-hmm. That was a funny montage.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was funny and I just I found that kind of interesting like, okay, cool, they did, exp- they were going to explain it, cool. Um... Uh, but yeah, but the I guess the, the gang boss, um, she might be death, I guess, because she she had like the speakers on pretty loud. She was like feeling them, which is usually something they do, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. It, they were really building it up as like someone who's gonna be like super intense or something. I don't know.
0: It might lead there. Um, So because Peter Martinez uh, has been talking about this character for a while, I think we can pretty clearly call who that person is. And I think it's already been confirmed. That's Echo. Mm. That is a character that at this point we know is going to have her own Disney Plus show. And she apparently is the adoptive adoptive daughter of Wilson Fisk. Kingpin, who may himself be appearing on this show if the rumors are to be believed. Mm. So, I think that pretty clear, pretty clearly was uh, who that was supposed to be. Um, and it could be that, you know, somebody put out this theory that perhaps she wants that watch as a gift to her dear dad. Who knows? Maybe Ooh. Maybe it's the dad that wants this watch and not her. So that'd
1: be pretty cool if it was uh yeah the first thing <laughs> just because because again i really like that the um the plot is like it's not this big complicated plot like in falcon one soldier where they had to like investigate one piece of thing after another to yeah. find the flag smashers. like no it's just he wants to suit back but it keeps leading him down to one rabbit hole after another and so yeah and i wouldn't mind that you know the big thing is just kind of like i just want this watch to give it to my dad it's like who's your dad Wilson Fisk, son of a bitch! It's like I have to face him now. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, that's going to be interesting.
2: Mm.
0: It really is <laughs> to see how that all plays out. But I think it does track because you know Hawkeye is happening at the exact same time as No Way Home. No Way Home is going to feature the the return of Matt Murdock. So I think like, these these coinciding at the exact same time as far as release are. I don't feel as an accident. I think it's kind of intentional in some parts. So. That's genuinely exciting to see them back uh, slowly, but surely. But yeah, um, and curious to see where this goes next. I'm not sure I have much speculation, although I will say uh, there have been reports that Yelena Belova is going to be appearing on the show in the last episode to deal with that post credit scene of Black Widow where Valentina, uh, I guess, sicks her on Hawkeye. And I think that's, if she, if that is in fact true, that's going to be the um, one of Nat's ghosts coming back to haunt Hawkeye, literally, in that regard. So, if that does indeed happen, a lot of people thought that that was a setup for Thunderbolts or something, but it seems like it's going to play into the show. So, I guess there's that too. Mm-hmm. The- we'll see how all that goes.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: But as far as um that episode and anything, I think that I've we've exhausted what there is left to say here. I don't know what else, what more there is to say.
1: Mm-hmm. no um, nah, not, not much. Like I said, I really am excited for Kate and Clint's dynamic throughout the show. Uh, I really hope that by the end they're just kind of like riffing off each other, really like having fun. So, who knows?
0: okay um i think that's it uh (laughs) for this uh thank you uh so much for listening to our show today reminder of course that we'll be back for the next four weeks to talk about hawkeye um and then wherever we go after that uh david thank you so much have a nice thanksgiving beautiful black friday maybe even a cyber monday and of course Merry Merry Christmas, Red Spotlight will be here to cover many movies coming in the future whether it be Encanto, House of Gucci, uh, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, Kingsman, and of course Spider-Man No Way Home, We've got many many more reviews coming as we head into December, of course as you know one of our most difficult times of the year to schedule shows, there's a lot of things to cover, too many things to talk about but um we'll be here that's for sure stay under our spotlight and we'll see you next time Bye. bye